This is an Onami podcast. Hello, everybody. I hope you're doing well. <sighs> I hope we're all breathing, checking in with ourselves, checking in with our body. How we doing? How we feeling? What's real for us right now? What's coming up for us right now? You know, wherever you're listening to this or watching this or whatever you're doing. I hope you're well, you know? This life is majorly complicated and ever-changing and always moving. And uh, sometimes it feels like it's hard to catch up to, right? Like, or it feels like we're trying to catch up, but it's just like moving ahead of us. And um, yeah, so I hope uh, in the times where you're with me listening to this pod, <sighs> there's a space to breathe, reflect, slow down, check in with ourselves. Um, what's up in the world? Congress is uh, trying to ban TikTok? What the fuck? What the fuck? Am I right? Have you seen the bill that they're trying to ban TikTok with? They're like, hey, TikTok is spying on you. So we're going to pass a bill that allows us to spy on you however we want, whenever we want. It's real. It's some real, sinister, shady, weird shit. And it's not like, it's not like Google and Apple and fucking Facebook haven't been doing this same privacy breach stuff for years. It's not like that's hasn't been the norm. It's not like the NSA spies on us with like a, you know, a legalized form of spying on every citizen. Like why? I don't know. It just seems strange that all of a sudden they care and it could be good old fashioned. Um, you could call it racism or just like, you know, America spies on China, China spies on America. It could just be like spy paranoia, country competition, good old-fashioned racism. I don't know. It just feels weird and strange the way they're coming after TikTok. Um, when we all know we love it. I... Uh, I resisted it for a long time, that TikTok app. And uh, I can say I spend many, too many, loving hours on that app, laughing and learning and wasting my time. <laughs> and just like, man, come on. Come on. Come on, Congress. Did you see the one congressman? He asked, like, does TikTok connect to the Wi-Fi, <laughs> and the CEO is like, what the fuck are you asking me? <laughs> like, yeah, dude, it's an app that uses the internet like every other social media. Does it access the Wi-Fi? <laughs> uh, yes, Congressman, just like every other app. Duh. Um, yeah, that, that was a shit show, but seeing the bill... I don't want to get into conspiracies, but seeing the bill they're trying to pass because of this or to, or to enact the TikTok ban, that's actually freaking me out. Like the actual bill 
contains so much language that lets the government do all the privacy breaches they are getting upset about. So uh, I don't know, man. Hold on to your TikTok. Um, yeah, what a crazy world. What a crazy world we live in. It feels so messy when I look outside of it, which is why you got to have practices and tools and just um, time where you come back to yourself, where you come pull it all back in. Let me not look out there at the fucking government or TikTok even. Let me pull it all back in to myself. Let me, let me pull it back into my life. What's important to me? How am I doing? What matters? What am I excited about? What am I grateful for? What am I working towards? These things. You gotta, sometimes you got to simplify. You got to pull it all back. And um, that is one of the things I get into this week with this week's guest. Um, how you like that for a segue? This week's guest is a friend of mine, a successful young actor, a beautiful beefcake of a young man. <laughs> um, he grew up on television even longer than I did. Spent 11 years growing up before your very eyes um, and then got really shredded when he was off the show and no longer a child and was on the cover of Men's Health, I think, for being a beefcake, which we didn't talk about. Um, this week with him, we talk about growing up on television, the transition into adulthood, uh, finding your truth and who you are, um, being overly self-aware as a kid and what it takes to uh, kind of come into yourself as you grow up and decide. Uh, we talk about therapy and um, many things. And I loved getting to chat with him like this uh, because we are friends out there in the world. But something about this podcast, man, even when I bring on people that I've known for years, I, I, I don't know. It, it's so fun and it's so beautiful. I get to have these really wonderful conversations with people that I actually am know and love in my life. And uh, the conversations kind of always drop into this, this different space, and I'm really grateful for it. Um, so this week's guest is Modern Family's Nolan Gould. Um, handsome young man. Friend of mine. Good dude. Good actor. I'm really excited to see what he gets up to these next few years because uh, talking to him today... He's really asking, I think, the right questions and is in a really cool place in his life. And I'm glad to know him and I'm glad to uh, share with you uh, getting to know him a little bit better. Enjoy this week's pod with Nolan Gould. And as always, give us a comment, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share, give us a subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review. We're growing. Growing up's growing. Growing up is growing before our very eyes. I love you. Goodbye. I've been living in the shadow. It stands over me. Hey.
Breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. I'm stoked. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shave your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code GROWDEVIN for 20% off and free shipping. Look, it's no secret. I've got a I've got a beard. I've got a large beard. I've got an overgrown, unruly beard, and I cannot wait to be able to groom it, shape it, love on it with Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Um, the thing about having a beard is you want to show people that you love yourself by by shaping it, grooming it, taking care of it. And I cannot wait to no longer have to be an Old West cowboy who doesn't do any of that because we live in the modern age when we can take care of our beards. Not only does the Pro Kit come with the perfect way to shave and shape, but it also comes with beard shampoo and conditioner, very necessary for this coarse hair, beard oil, which everyone knows is a must for a healthy beard, and beard balm. This gives you the opportunity to shape, style, moisturize, and tame your beard. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. Thank you, Manscaped. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code GROWDEVIN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code GROWDEVIN, G-R-O-W-D-E-V-O-N. Manscaped Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. I mean, well, I bet you we'll talk about this after yeah, yeah. <laughs> or during. Yeah. Um, Nolan Gould. Hello. Hello, my friend. Hey. Thanks for coming to the pod studio. I'm doing this as a favor, but <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Sorry, that's not true. It's just a powerful way to start a podcast. It really is. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, um, thank you for having me. You're both on video and audio, so you need to both look good. Mm-hmm. And sound good. Okay. Um, I'm, uh, for those who can't see me, um, one of my friends recently told me that I dress like a um, sexy crab fisherman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so just imagine if you're listening that uh, I look like uh, a sexy crab fisherman. Whatever that means to you. All you need is like a, like a North Mass, like kind of scruffy beard, like kind of like a mess of a beard. I just had it. I just had it. That would have gone. That would have really sold it for me. Yeah. Um, but thank you for having me. I'm glad to be um, part of your world. Yeah, man. Well, see, that's the fun part is you already are part of my world. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes too much. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's great is uh, through our mutual homie, Sean. Yeah. Now you are a part of my world. We actually went out this past weekend. We did. We had a, I had a good time. Yeah, I had did a good you? time. We had, we had to chase the night a little bit. We were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean by that? That's cool, the, but I, I I feel like I get it, but... So it happens sometimes where, like, you want to go out, you want the night to be a night, you are you want it, you know, yeah. you want to turn it up, you want to lose it on the dance floor, you sure, want make, a little too... It, the, the last night was a movie kind of feeling. That, yeah, yeah. that, where you, you're going out for that and yeah. you know la uh you only get till 2 a.m so there's a limited amount and shit only starts at 10 so you literally have like a four-hour window to try yeah. and make the movie happen and 
We got a little off kilter. Nolan got into one of the bars. Sean and I fucked up the timing. We were in a giant line. Yeah. That bar was incredible, but we had to pull Nolan out of paradise. Literally out of Nirvana. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> to come hang with you guys. Right. Um, and then at that point, then we were in the chase the night uh, part of the evening. I just want to say, like, I am somebody who my entire life has been chasing the night. And I, I just mean like in my like day to day life, and it's like a really hard thing to describe. But I've, I explained it to Sean, and Sean kind of like understood where it was like, you know, consuming all of this media that tells you to go out and do grand adventurous things in your life, and because of social media and all these things, feels like there's this magical world that you're missing out on, and like honestly, you're not. <laughs> it's not that it's not worth going and trying to get the adventure of it, but you're more likely to have fun having a bad night. Or like, or like chasing that feeling than actually like being like, wow, we were in it. We met new people. We were the <laughs> life of the parties. It's like, nah, we made it till like <laughs> midnight and then we had street tacos. And that's like typically where the fun actually comes in. That's exactly, dude, that's exactly right. That's, so you get it. That's chasing the night is like, there's an idea of. I want this weekend to be this, or I want this party to be this. And man, as soon as you kind of set that expectation on it or like that desire for it to be some type of way, man, it's really... Guys, let me just tell you, it's way more fun to be outside of the party talking shit about the party than to be in it. <laughs> I, I hope. All I, can, all I can do is hope because I've never been in the party. <laughs> Please just let me in the party. <laughs> you've you've got some years ahead of you. And here here's the truth is it's who you're with. Yeah. I could have a great, depending on who I'm with, I could have an incredible night just like four of us at my house or four of us, honestly... The other night, chasing the night with you and Sean and a few people is still fun because I have fun with you guys. Yeah. Um, and kind of anywhere I go with Sean, I'm glad to be. Same. Sean and I actually did get to live a movie while shooting our movie in Mexico. Yeah. Like we actually had that thing where it's like, are we actually, are we actually living the movie? Are we actually being like taken to clubs where DJs are playing and we're yeah. like on stage with them? Is that, is this our life right and now? I, I love that movie, by the way. I don't, is this a movie that like you talk about and like pitch because I'm in a movie with Sean, this guy that we're talking about and I don't talk about it because I don't want anybody to watch it. Um, I didn't know you guys did a movie together. Yeah, that's how me and Sean met. We met we met ten years ago shooting a um, a movie. Genuinely, I don't want to talk about, <laughs> but I, I love the movie that you guys. Well, the movie together. that we're in, uh, I think six people have seen. Okay, and they all live in Mexico. Yeah, um, it's called Sundown. It was originally called I Break for Gringos. It's a spring. Sean and he's an actor. Sean Marquette. Uh, we did a, a movie. Uh, we shot it in Mexico. It's a spring break comedy that nobody saw. I saw it. Thanks. I saw it. I liked it. Thanks, man. Yeah. And so you guys met on a movie. We met on a movie. But you won't discuss it. I won't discuss it. That's yeah. fair. You can, if you really want to, you can find it on IMDb. But like, there's so many better ways to spend your time than <laughs> hunting down this movie. I promise it's not the holy hidden grail. It's not, it's not even worth the memes. Just please let it die. Okay. We've, <laughs> I've done a lot of those, so I get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I get it. And then we also got to run into each other last summer in fucking Prague. Yeah. How random and seemingly bougie is that? Like, I yeah. saw you in Prague, brother. Yeah, but, but it was not bougie. It was not. It wasn't. Um, it, it was just debaucherous. It's one of like a few nights of my life that are just missing. 
They're just like, I, I, I have some videos I still have to send you of you at this multi-leveled um, club that we were at. But um, yeah, randomly, like I, I hadn't been to Europe in like 10 years and randomly Nolan and I were in Prague, yeah. Czechia at the same time. Praha. Just looking at the clock that's their big thing they have a clock they got a big beautiful clock yeah. a lot of gothic uh architecture it's beautiful and this like weird five-story nightclub yeah with like robot servers yeah with like a robot, robot bartender DJs. but yeah. we were there on a wednesday so so the five-story club was really like a three-story club that was like kind of empty it was, yeah it was me it was me you our <laughs> friends and then like one bachelor party <laughs> so we had to bring it but yeah yeah, but we still we still got down. I I had fun yeah. with you there. That was a good time. And I and I enjoy hanging out with you, just in normal everyday life. Yeah, not always to, getting this podcast makes us seem like degenerate. It's true. It's true. We uh, also do comedy together and yeah, support and our like friends and hang out. You know, like not like degenerates. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, look at us now. Fun. We're doing podcasts talking about life and philosophy. I'm curious to. Here, where are you gonna where are you gonna take this? Well, where I'm, I'm a little scared. Don't be scared. Don't don't be scared. <laughs> I'll take good care of you, baby. Okay. Um, I trust you implicitly. <laughs> but where I do want to go is so I have a particular experience where I grew up three years on a show that kind of a whole generation saw. Um, I did, and yeah, like and and it was really. I mean, it's still such a major part of my life, and those people who were in it. I'm still so connected to in a particular way. Um, and like, this is like a major part of my growing up. It's a major part of my adolescence and has become a major part of my adulthood. You had an even bigger experience. You started younger, finished later. Yeah. 10 years? 11. 11 years on Modern Family with a bigger cast too. Yeah. So like, it, I, I know my experience being such a major part of my life, but I'm curious. I've actually never gotten to talk to you. Like, what was it? Like, you started on that show at what age? Uh, I was 10 when it started and I was 21 when it ended. That is so much life, dude. Yeah. That is so much life. Yeah. And it's been over like three years now? Three, yeah, four? Yeah, it's just over three years. Wow, man. Yeah. Um, What was that like, man? Yeah, you know... Uh, Putting it into a quick summary is hard to do. Yeah. And it's something that I actually am like still coming to terms with uh, just how massive uh, it was and how massive losing something like that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, 11 years of your life is hard to sum up. And especially when it involves, um, you know, for me, I didn't go to uh, public school a day in my life. Wow. And so. Not only was it my day job, it was my passion, it was uh, my schooling, it was my access to friends, it wow. was my family, um, Dude. it was everything. And so moving on from that, like, I think I kind of, I felt the need um, to kind of like sweep it under the rug and just be like, well... Like, we knew it was coming, there's the end, on to a new chapter of your life. And um, unfortunately, the uh, pandemic immediately happened. Uh, <laughs> LA was completely shut down. Um, <laughs> and I was left to become an absolute existential mess uh, <laughs> alone in my home uh, here in Los Angeles. And I, I think I, like, maybe have just come to terms with it ending, like... Mm. 
last December. So like four months ago, did I just make my peace with like, oh my God, what just happened? Yeah. That was like everything for over half my life. Whoa. Yeah. 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 Like Ned's for me was so big and has stayed such a major part of my life. And after it ended was like this, these huge transitions of changing, like for three years, yeah, that was my life. And the people on it were my family, my friends. I saw them all the time. And all of a sudden we were all splitting off in that like kind of, mm-hmm. that kind of uh, orbit we were in with each other was no longer and we're all spreading off. But that was just three years. I can't imagine 11, dude. Yeah. That's a major, <laughs> that's a you know, major experience. What I'm starting to like learn is like life keeps going. Mm-hmm. It keeps moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I miss obviously what we had, I still have, um, my modern family nightmares where like, I, I like, I'm like running late for work, <laughs> which I did pretty frequently. I, mean, I, I never was like, I think it was late for work like twice, but like, man, did I cut it close? That feeling. Yeah. That feeling. And then like, I'll wake up and be like, ah, I gotta get to work. And then I'm like, I wait a second. That was three I, years. Ago. I have nowhere to be. I'm, I'm unemployed. <laughs> uh, but you know, life keeps moving and yeah. I, the, the sadness of losing that doesn't take away from like the joy and the incredible thing that I got to be a part of yeah. and that I still get to be a part of these people's lives just in different ways. Um, yeah. And it just, it keeps moving forward. So that's the truth, man. It, it goes forward and sometimes comes back around. Like I'm now doing the Ned's Declassified podcast. So it's been such a trip 20 years later to be like, holy shit, this thing, I didn't really see this coming. Yeah. This thing has come back around. So, and and obviously you're still, you know, part of your cast members lives, but just in a, in a different way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, you'll be, you'll be all right. (laughs) <laughs> You'll be we'll right. see. Thank you. I, I'm, I, I feel confident. The, the tough transition you're entering that I empathize with you uh, in is now you're entering the really tough transition from child actor mm. to adult actor. Yeah. Um, which I, you have a baby face like I have a baby face. It, it, I feel I, like I have a baby face when I shave, but then like the sunken eyes of like a 40 year old, like war veteran. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just I, lifestyle, I, baby. I drink so much coffee <laughs> and I don't sleep and I stay up at night thinking, you know, all the intrusive thoughts and you can see it in my eyes. So it's, a, it's an interesting um, <laughs> dynamic. But, but under that is just the face of a sweet little cherub. <laughs> um, and that's just lifestyle. But yeah, you're entering a transition that I hope, uh, I hope goes swiftly and gracefully for you, but it might not like, I feel like I'm just now getting through the other side of that transition. I feel like I'm just now on sets where I'm not a boy. Like I'm just now one of the men on sets. I'm just now actually being considered for, uh, roles that aren't like the guy in college the guy in high school um and it just took it took so long it feels like to make it through this this transition from kid actor to like just actor and uh you're entering that now man and i hope it just goes quickly and beautifully for you thank you i think um if i could go back in time like even a year ago two years ago or when i was younger um 
and kind of just give myself like a pat on the back and just like there are so many things that are at work that are kind of like when we're in it, it's beyond our understanding of, uh, you know, what is the processes that are going on in like Hollywood? And yes, you might be an incredibly talented actor. Um, you might not get as many opportunities as you want, or, you know, people might see you as this one thing or all these kind of things that, you know, when I was younger, I always thought there was something like wrong with me. I was like, had the intrinsic, like kind of internal, like, um, doubts. And, uh, you know, I think this applies to a lot of people and a lot of different things that almost kind of like that imposter syndrome. And now mm-hmm. I've gotten to a place in my life where I found a lot of joy in, um, my process and the art that I make and removing kind of like the results from it. Because if I've, I've result focused, uh, and goal oriented uh, in this industry specifically, where like you can try as hard as you want uh, on as many different projects as you want, and like never hear anything and be like, "Oh, it's it's me." Um, and you know, I I would say for the vast majority of people, it's probably not. Um, yeah, it's just there's so much going on that like we can't wrap our brains around. It's so true, man. It's yeah. so true. Like. In most things in life, you want to set a goal, set an aim, put effort towards them, and you'll get some type of the way there, and that's a good way to move through life. Yeah, in this in this art form and slash industry, it's so weird to be – you can't be so result-oriented or you'll lose your damn mind or feel like you're worthless. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, like I put in so much effort. I really needed this audition. I didn't even hear back from them. Yeah. <laughs> if they watched it, <clears throat> am I worthless? Yeah. Happens all the time. And the amount of like absurdly talented actors that I know who go through that same mental process. Yeah. And it's just kind of like it is the way it is. And it's um, something that at least uh, I think in this industry and also for a lot of um artists is just something that um you got to keep bumping up against throughout in your life yeah um and so it's it's more of the process of like do you enjoy the journey yeah do you enjoy chasing you and the thing that you want in life um becoming you know fighting for your true potential fighting to be seen fighting to tell your story and um I, at the moment, I'm interested in those things. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't say that yeah. it's going to last forever. Yeah. But um, I do enjoy storytelling and uh, art and acting and writing and creating and entertaining. And so... Do you have do you have interest in writing, directing, behind-the-scenes stuff? I, I do. I think I'm, I'm just kind of starting to. I think a lot of people... The industry or who are actors are now suddenly feeling the pressure to become like multi hyphenates, like yeah. actors, writers, directors, and it used to not interest me. I don't think I'd ever be interested in directing because you have to deal with actors all day long. <laughs> 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 ah, I can't stand them. Uh, <laughs> talk to me? I gotta oh talk to a bunch of me. Oh man, no. yeah, exactly. And like deal with their fragile egos and <laughs> tell them how to do their job. And but uh, there are, I do love, um, I do love uh, other art forms, and so like visual storytelling is really interesting to me. I love cameras. I love like, yeah 
the job of like a DP, um, yeah. director of photography, uh, camera people, um, all of that's really interesting to me and, and writing same, same goes for that. Cool. Yeah. Did you, you weren't, you didn't go to college? Um, my relationship with college is weird. I, uh, so I graduated high school when I was <clears throat> 13. When you were 13? When I was 13. Yeah. Um, or I think I, I technically I would have just finished high school. I got like a GED. Yeah. So I didn't go through like all of 11th and 12th grade. I kinda, okay. 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 Um, I took the out and, uh, you can work longer hours at that point. Exactly. Yep. You know it. Yep. And then. I did online community college for two years, and then I got accepted to USC film school uh, about four years ago, and oh no, was it six? (laughs) (laughs) There's those two-year pandemic gap. Yep. I'm so old. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I was going to go to that, and then I decided not to, to kind of pursue pursue my interests in a non-school-oriented way, and I know... For some people that really works, for some people it doesn't. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, for me and specifically like having already a foothold in the film industry, uh, a lot of people want to go to film school to even get a foot in the door, get connections, yeah. um, hold a camera for the first time in their lives or, or yeah. however it is. Um, and they kind of had access to all of that. So right now my... I don't know. Am I still young? 24? I guess I could... You're still, you're still I young, still have my a, boy. a potential to go yeah. to college and, and think about it, but I was really interested in um, trying and just failing. Um, I'm in the process yeah. of making some of the worst projects that pro- <laughs> will probably ever be seen, uh, but I think it's worth it to um, fight the perfectionist nature that we all have and yeah. just uh, make some stuff. And I think let- that's where film school is good. Yes. It's like, it's the chance just to like make stuff yeah. that you, you that is deadlines. only consequential to your school. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Just make it. And you have deadlines and right. you're forced to. Right. And so you can't, so just you can like, work out some of the kinks for a few years. Yeah, you can't be like your first project. You can't be like holding onto your magnum opus, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Cause you got a deadline and you got to do it anyways. You gotta and you're like, get it out and fuck s- it. start and like be bad. Yeah, so I, I, man, I totally get you because I didn't go to college because I was working in the industry. It's like, yeah. I'm doing what I want to do. Why would I go to college? In hindsight, I would have liked to go. And and I've heard, we've all heard from all the directors who are like, you don't need to go to film school. Just start directing. Just start making stuff. I love that mentality. However, in hindsight, I'm like, I would have really enjoyed film school. Yeah. Like, I love breaking down films. I love making shit i love discussing films with other people who like love it and get it i love story like i actually do have a just a passion for it and i realized in hindsight like oh i actually really would have enjoyed film school and like learning the technical aspect of some you you are a pretentious art snob you would have done well (laughs) exactly exactly the the way that you just took that (laughs) you just went yeah yeah I, I'll take that. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm hey, not gonna be defensive hey man, about like it's that. Not, it's not too late. Maybe me and you apply this upcoming spring semester. Let's go. I'll be the old man, and you'll be like the slightly old man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get invited parties. You gotta grow that beard out and really you know? become that fucking crab fisherman, dude. <laughs> it's only. It's such. It's my dream. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I like would have liked to have gone, but I kind of was in the same. Uh, headspace is you of like I'm just doing it already although at that time I wasn't going out and making stuff so as long as you're doing that 
tight because that's kind of half of the battle. I made my first short film last year. Like I've made stuff over the years, but I made my first like proper short film last year. Yeah. And I learned so much in the process of making that. Like so insane leaps and bounds uh, in the actual process of making something and seeing it through to the end rather than just like kind of coming up with stories or thinking about making something or whatever or working on someone else's project. Nah, nah. Coming up with a vision, seeing it through all the way to the end, directing, producing, all the all the shit, like I learned so much. So I think as long as you're starting that process, you're going to kind of like go through all that those yeah. steps of failure to learn. It's very difficult um, to get started on that path, uh, mainly for like lack of knowledge. I've been doing, I've been acting for... 19 years now yep, and uh started writing and have no i have i have no idea how to get the actual things that i've written and ideas um made like i'm like okay cool i have this interesting thing that my mind has created now how do i get it from existing in here to a Mm -hmm. format where other people can consume it and view it and I'm really lucky that I've um, been getting to work with some some great mentors, both um, people that I found pitching my projects or even just friends who are like, I told them this idea and they're like, hey, that's like right up my alley. These are things that I'm interested in. These are the questions of life that I've been asking. Um, and then working with people who are a little more experienced and being like, okay, like we can, if you actually want to do like, this. What are the steps? How do I actually, yeah. yeah. Like they're like, they're like, do you know how to make a storyboard? And I'm like, what's that? I'm a dumb actor. <laughs> I show up and I stand on the mark. And they I, give me words they to give say me words and, and I, I eat free food and I, yeah, and I say them. Exactly. Sometimes I eat the food in the take. I'm really good at, if you watch Modern Family, I'm a fantastic cereal eater. I have, I, I've yeah. noticed. Yeah, Luke's I, eating a lot. I eat cereal for uh, like 234 episodes. <laughs> 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 it's not an easy thing to do. Um, did you grow up in LA? Uh, I did. Yeah, I uh, my dad's ex-military. I moved um, kind of around the country before uh, ending up in LA since I was five or six. Okay. Yeah. Where was that? Where Where was your favorite place before LA? Um, I'm gonna go with. I mean, I got to grow up um, in a place called Phoenix City, Alabama. And I liked growing up there because I got to have this almost like idyllic childhood um, before the absolute smog-induced drudgery <laughs> of life in Los Angeles. Um, yes, and, with, the, with 99% sunny days <laughs> and beautiful dry heat. This is I, I, mm, I, so awful. <laughs> I, but, well, you know what? I do love that everyone just has different takes on things yeah. because there are obviously people who are here and they're like, oh, like beautiful sunshine and blah, blah. And like, I, I live my life. Like I'm in a, uh, like I'm the voiceover guy in a noir film <laughs> where I'm like, Los Angeles, this, <laughs> this city makes me sick. That's <laughs> like genuinely how I view All the this blinds city. are closed. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like peek it open. Burbank, I'm like, California. Burbank, California. <laughs> the worst of the worst. <laughs> 
Sandwiched between freeways, we're slowly, we are the rotting core at the heart of this broken city. Like, that's how I view it. Okay. Um, but I did get to have um, a childhood where I was like, I got to run around barefoot, which I would never do here. No. Um, but step like, on glass or human excrement. Or needles or like all yeah. It's a lot, but I got to like play in the forest and yeah. like uh, had a stream running through my yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Like genuinely like, sh- like shoot fireworks at ourselves you know we're like little like um rascals and i'm glad i got to have that so i I would say that nice yeah work real hard on getting rid of my southern accent when i moved out here though really yep you were proper like i'm i'm nolan oh yeah i was i'm nolan from alabama (laughs) i was a little redneck dude i (laughs) like had overalls um i don't know that's the buy-in for being a redneck but like (laughs) i think it is i got like you know like we would like atv i got like ran over by an atv i'm like i was like a little like i think i carried around a gun when i was a kid whoa yeah like actually i think i remember whoa (laughs) like actually the south um, brother the south is different i Um, mean i'm from the south but i never had a gun i'm from georgia Okay, wait, uh, where? Outside Atlanta, suburbs of Atlanta, uh, Fulton County, Alpharetta, okay. you know Johns where, Creek. You know where Fort Benning is? I, I do. That's uh, I was like 30 minutes from Fort Benning because that's where my dad was stationed. The first movie I ever booked in Georgia that actually led to me coming to Los Angeles was a Mel Gibson war film called We Were Soldiers. Yeah. Filmed at Fort Benning. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. With Luke Benward. You know Luke Benward? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Luke, Luke and I met on that. Uh, we awesome. were we played Mel Gibson's kids in this like Vietnam War movie, but we we're like a small part of the movie, but massive experience, dude. Yeah, we filmed I, at Fort Benning. It was nuts. I bet. Yeah, and you know I'm I'm trying real hard not to make jokes right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's some obvious jokes there <laughs> that I'm just gonna just just I'm not, I'm, no further questions. <laughs> you with Mel Gibson? Hey. Cool. <laughs> good good for you, man. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, there's <laughs> a lot. Free to cut that. <laughs> I will say it was many years ago. He was lovely to everyone on set. He sang me happy birthday on my 10th birthday, and I'll never forget it. Cool. And we're just going to leave it at that. No, right we're just going to leave it right there, bud. I'll, I'll, I'll dig, dig myself out of this hole. What's uh, Do you have any next questions? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I grew up like in the suburbs outside Atlanta, but I did have that idyllic childhood that you were talking about as well, like streams through our neighborhood. Uh, just leaving my front door and just like running around outside all the time and kind of parents not knowing where we were and it didn't matter because we were actually safe. Like there was no danger around, yeah. not really, except the stupid shit we were going to get ourselves into. Um, and it was beautiful. I got to have that even through Ned's, man. Like I would shoot a semester of Ned's, uh, I'd shoot six months of Ned's and then I'd go back to Georgia and go back to where I'm from and go to public middle school for six really? months. Yeah. So I had like the best of both worlds for a long time. It's like I'd come live this crazy, fun, dream life, pursue my passions, ended up on a show that was like family. Like really, we had like family. Like it was yeah. great creators, great actors. We were, we were all friends. And then I'd go back to Georgia and just remember what like normal life was with all my friends I grew up with, play outside. I think I think it's so important to have that. Um you know, I have people reach out to me and say they're thinking about getting into the industry or even I think like my, one of my neighbors stopped me the other day and um, their young son had just got cast in um, a project and they were like, hey, how do uh, how do we make sure they don't go down the path that we've seen so mm. many people go down? 
And um, my recommendation for everybody, and I think this can apply to a lot of different things in life, is just to diversify and have as much um, as many facets to you as possible. Um, yes, I'm an actor and a storyteller, but like it's not everything. And I know that like I've worked really hard to establish a community, and I know that if um, I were to ever quit or it doesn't work, like there's so much more in life and so many things that excite me and like for you growing up, like to have a place to go back to, to get out of um, the rotten core of Los Angeles and to um, get to like, like dabble in like the fun that like that we truly get to enjoy in this industry. But then like be aware that's not like my entire self-worth and value is not tied into um, whether or not, I'm working in an industry that is completely out of my control because yeah, it's going to drive you, you crazy. Yeah, man, absolutely. And, and as a kid, like your identity is constantly forming and it's fragile and your self-worth is tied in and you're learning how to be a person, but you're also like mimicking things. It's, it's a weird thing. When people ask me for like advice for like kids getting into the industry, honestly, even though I had a pretty great version of it, I'm like, don't, don't do it. Yeah. Wait till you're 18. And even then live life. And and I think you're, what you just said is great is like, it can't, it can't be everything. On one hand, I think to get good, you kind of should become obsessed with it in a good way. Like become obsessed with the work of it, the history of it. Like, like learn the craft, learn what, learn what your opinions are about it. Like get into it. That's a beautiful thing. That's like loving it. Right. Yeah. Um, but it cannot be everything because it's so far outside of your control. Um, and that goes for like a lot of things in life is like, it's the notion of like being decentralized or anti-fragile. Like it, your entire worth can't be based on this one pursuit or this one relationship, which a lot of people do. Sure. Um, like you want to have, you want to have your self-worth like, grounded in a couple different things and your interests in a couple different things. Yeah, you almost like need generalized self-worth. Yeah. Like um you need to have like so many like I guess I don't want like like roots going out in different directions that yes. like when one of them kind of fails, um you have all these other things like and one of the other things I recommend for people who are considering cuz I get people like messaging me on Instagram I'm, I'm like sure. Hey, like I'm thinking about moving out from Minnesota to pr- pursue this, and again, I always want to like stifle. Don't, don't. You're gonna uh, be so sad. No, it's you're gonna you're gonna take you're gonna, you're gonna be my competitor. No, <laughs> no. I, I, gotta, I gotta sabotage the next generation. Damn, no, 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 definitely not. Uh, no, <laughs> that is a joke. Um, <laughs> Oh no. But I would say it's, you know, I, as somebody who, so I, when I got into this, had no clue what I was getting into. Yeah. Um, I was five or six. I was from, uh, middle of nowhere, Alabama. My dad got transferred out here 
You um, had to give up your gun. I had to give up my gun. It was <laughs> it's, it's actually legally uh, to even get your actor card. Uh, you have to. And I was just strapped up. So I'm like, I had at least six on me. I had to pull the, you know, bread out of my uh, my boot. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I had, you know, I had the tech Al- nines Alabama on my back. be crazy, bro. Uh, <laughs> but uh, where was I going with that? Uh, you didn't uh, know what you were getting into. I didn't know what I was getting into. And it was... Um, like I think halfway through the show where I was like, holy shit. Like, whoa, like time is flying. Like this was just like I, a thing that kept happening to me. Right. Where I was like, I can't, my mom, I got an audition. Like mom, drive me to it. Um, we booked it. Okay. Let's sh- shoot the pilot. Oh, oh, whoa. Seven years and 150 episodes just went by like that. Yeah. And like, do I want to do this? And it uh, took me like really thinking about it and like, falling in love with um kind of the process as opposed to like this this thing that had just happened to me and like really taking ownership over that um and so anyways i i think all that's to say like you know we have such a everyone typically has such a glamorous view of it and um for me i i fell in love not with like uh i fell out of love with the things like uh being recognizable or making money or um getting free food on set or like <laughs> all of these that was a joke but like <laughs> all of these things that like ah oh, i've made it i get to walk red carpet i get to wear like nice clothes yeah and yeah. like re-fell in love with the actual art mm. and craft of it and um i'd prefer if i can go uh you know the rest of my career um not like focused on money but focused on making things i care about and performances i care about and so i always tell people who are are thinking about it like make sure that's just like this is what you want to do yeah like have you performed yeah has it been bad yeah have you failed did you embarrass yourself in your middle school play um how did you your car break down on your way to an audition and like do you still want to do it as opposed to um it's almost kind of like a La La Land view of it. Yeah. And like, just more like, do you, are you sure that you like the actual core th- active doing it as opposed to all the nice little bells and whistles that come with it? Yep. Yep. Uh, all that stuff's like easy to see and of course is enticing and you go like, that will fill the void in my heart. Mm-hmm. That will fill. And, and not just with the industry, like with like most things yeah yeah you see that big shiny something and you go oh yeah that that will fill this emptiness inside me yeah and it won't it won't (laughs) nothing will look into this man's eyes you you can see it no i think it's nothing will (laughs) since the show has ended i've been like refocusing on like what uh my core values are and like with things in my life that i'm adding like into it, I'm like, do, am I doing this because other people told me this was a thing I'm supposed to do, sure. or is this actually like something like um, my convictions I hold like deeply sure. to? Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, I've had to like... Turns out I don't have any. So. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I'm just a sellout. <laughs> DM Nolan now if you want yeah. him to be in anything. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll support any product out there. Um, I'll, you know, subjugate the rest of humanity to advertisements. Um, you know, buy, buy all the things. Mainly what you need to realize is you're a consumer. <laughs> and you're consuming other people's products so they can live the life they want. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've had to like re it over the last X amount of years. It's it's like been multiple cycles of just kind of reinstating my own values and convictions within acting, within filmmaking, within the industry, within any of my art. Um, if you don't mind me asking, what are some of yours? Um, well, it's just been like like I do have strong opinions actually on what I think is good and what I think is bad. And for a long time I didn't, but I think actually to become, to become the, I don't need other people to agree with my opinions on art, but to become your own artist, I think you do need to develop opinions. You oh, can't yeah. be opinionless. Yeah. You can't be tasteless. You have to know what do you think is good? What do you think is bad? What do you think doesn't work? Um, so developing that, um, and just uh, sort of what you talked about is, is like falling in love with the actual process of it. I do have convictions when it comes to like the work that I put into a script. And when I watch people that I know aren't, when I watch people that I know are just kind of like flinging yeah. shit at the wall yeah, and finding success, cool. And some people are great at it, cool. And certain projects you don't have to go that deep on. You can just kind of like be sure. in the timing and be in the words of it. But man, th there is a craft. This isn't a random industry. Like there is a, there is an art form. There is a way to work through material. There's a lot of different ways, but like there's telling story and there's not. Like, yeah. There's like working on a scene and there's not. There's yeah. having, yeah, there's having a want in a scene. There's knowing the overall picture of a story and how it's like moving between each scene. And there's just kind of like being in it. I think um, <clears throat> I really like what you had to say about opinions because I think like um, so much of my life I worked on not being seen. Um, I feel that. About being pretty like general. Yep. Where Same. I was like, I, I, can, I can appeal to everybody. Yeah. And uh, I think what – we really like as a species is not what appeals to everybody, but what appeal, appeals specifically. I think it's how um, to kind of avoid what sometimes feels like the algorithmically generated hellscape that is <laughs> um, modern cinema. <laughs> Where I'm like, this was written by a computer and I can yeah. tell it. Yeah. Or it was written by people who read the market research on what people are looking for. Yeah. Um, and it takes a lot of, I would like to say courage. I'm not saying I'm courageous, but I know there's a lot of filmmakers and actors that are out there who are like doing things their way, allowing themselves to be seen, putting their own opinions. And because I think that like when you watch a movie, even if it doesn't align completely with what you believe and agree with, um, you as a storyteller are inviting other people into your worldview. Yeah. You're like, this is how I feel about these things. And I'm going to, make my case for why I think the world should be this way or here is like my central argument. And it, you know, I think it's incredible when I get to go over and like watch somebody's art and I'm like, that's not what I think, but I'm really glad somebody thinks that way. Yeah. And like, I'm glad I got to like know more about 
what that director thinks about this or what that actor thinks about this. Yeah. Um, and like really like, even though you're, we for the most part doing other people's art, like we can find our own ways to be seen. For sure. Yeah. Man, I, man, I spent so much of my life uh, just being generally likable to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And now you're specifically unlikable. <laughs> <laughs> At least to me. <laughs> yeah. But Man, like, if you could just be more generally but, <laughs> likable. But yeah, and it feels good. Like, I had to learn it's okay to be a fucking asshole sometimes. Uh, because for so much of my life, I was unwilling to be. Like, yeah. I just want, I wanted to make no enemies. I want to, I want to undo what you said. I don't think it's an asshole. I don't recommend anybody be an asshole, but. Um, Fuck somebody, you, Nolan. <laughs> somebody that's just true to themselves. Yes. Which like other people can view as being an asshole. Yes. Um, yes. I know sometimes I do, but as long as like what you're doing is actually truthful to like yes. who you are, it's also then really hard to hate somebody for being themselves and for standing for something. I'm glad you made that distinction. Yeah. That's the truth is yes. I learned how to actually take care of my truth. I learned yeah. how to actually be in my point of view. Yeah. I spend so much of my life listening or, or being willing to hear or empathize with everyone else's story that I didn't know who I was because yeah. I wasn't actually taking the time or awareness to just pay attention to what do I want? What do I believe here? I was too busy like, well, I get what they're saying and going through and I get yeah. what they're doing and I get what this movie's trying to do, but I didn't have like my own opinion because I just never took the time to fucking develop it. Yeah, well, so I, me and my therapist have been working on this, is that you spend, uh, as a child actor, and I don't know if anybody will be able to apply to the appeal to this, but I think there's just kind of makes sense to a lot of people is like, uh, especially as a kid, you get have to be super attuned to how like adults are feeling. Yeah, especially as a kid on a set where yeah. there's things like millions of dollars at stake. Yeah, and hundreds of people's jobs. You learn to just kind of like stuff it to get through a day. Yeah, you're just like, okay, egos are running a little hot today. This person I should probably stay away from. That was an awkward interaction, and you learn to kind of like untuned from how you feel and like super hyper attuned to how like mm. the world around you works and how you can kind of just like fit in and not make a splash. And I think there is a power in kind of um, reclaiming that. And it's, that's why I said it's, I've been figuring out my convictions of being like, who am I? What do I actually want in this moment? And it's okay to um, not vibe with people, yes. not be go with the flow to be like, this is what I stand for. And I thought there was such a, a fear of um, the rejection or the friction that that would cause, but it's actually been opening up my life a lot. Now I'm starting to get to become the person that I am, which is one, it doesn't drain as much energy trying to be somebody else. Two, it attracts the people to me that like align with me uh, and gets to like cut out the people um, and and problems in my life that are like are weighing me down by just like having the ability to be seen and tell somebody how I feel and even things as simple as like that hurt my feelings. Yeah. But like it's hard to do, man. It is really hard to do and it's scary to do especially um as somebody who like from a young age learned to like just not check in and not Dude, do those things and be yourself. You got a good therapist. How long have you been in therapy? 1 month. 
and that is true. I, so I can't sit here and BS you like I'm some kind of expert. No, um, that's, that's fantastic, though. Man. But it was a long road to even like uh, beginning the process of uh, opening up these doors. And even if it was just like my therapist was like, why are you why are you coming here? Um, and I was like, I just want an hour where like I have to be honest and be seen. Mm. Uh, and cause I feel like I can be 95% honest with my friend and like 50% honest with like my mom. And I just like want like a hundred percent honesty. I'm paying you and you can't tell me how that makes you feel like, you know what yeah. I do. And it's been, um, it's Dude, been that's so awesome. I'm so glad you're in there. It took me until like 27, I think to go to therapy for the first time. Yeah. Um, when like I really needed it. Um, yeah. and now I, I go in and out of being in therapy just when I can't square things myself, when my own, I have a lot of tools actually. And like that I've developed over the years of like moving myself through things, but uh, there are times where I can't, and then I go through some sessions with my therapist, and it's what you said, man. It's so good to, for an hour, just talk to somebody about, like, you, I'm pretty honest with my friends, but it's like that 10% of shit that I'm not telling anybody. Yeah. And just have a space. Also, I love that it's like a neutral professional party. Like, it's yeah. not someone who has any investment never see or you in stake. Yeah. yeah, and has no investment in in their life, me being some type of way, sure. you know, like, yeah. like everyone in your life has a stake in you. They want you to be good for their own reasons too. Yeah. I yeah. think there's, you know, I had such a misconception about what therapy is. Yeah. And it would just a lot of like, us do. imagine taking the conversations that you have in your own head that keep you up at night and then being able to tell a dude person that's six feet away from you with a notepad, dude, this, and then they like become a mirror that reflects you back at you, dude. And can be like, Hey, I just want to point out you've done this before, or you've, you have these conversations with yourself. A dude, lot. that's so it. We all do this. We all have these, these things that we like spin on for a while in our own head. Yeah. And that's it. Therapy is the place you can go like, here's this shit that I've just been tying myself in knots around because I can't get it out of me. It's yeah. It's weird when you give a voice to it, how it suddenly takes power away from stuff as well. Yes. Or rather sometimes gives it power. It just kind of like it, makes it re- like real and like okay now at least one other person knows that me nolan gould is this way and whether i choose to act on it or do anything about it at least somebody like perceives me and now i can let it go now i can be as sleep at night um this is great yeah i don't know i don't sleep at night you can again see by my <laughs> eyes but <laughs> i'm getting there <laughs> i got a meditation teacher i got to turn you on to. yes, yes. it helps oh, with sleeping man i'm so new age in la but there's yeah. like there is something to it, and I'm, meditation's old age, baby. Oh, I, I, good point. It's been around for five thousand years, you know. I think our our two generations. I might like say we're both kind of like cusped. Yeah. Um, I'm like a little bit old for a Gen Z. Yeah. But it feels like I'm I'm very grateful that like we get the tools for um, learning about ourselves in the world that like. A lot of people from you know previous generations oh, done it. And dude. Like, you can make fun of us for uh doing sound baths or drinking green juice, but like I do feel like a lot of us are learning how to uh cope, like self-cope, self-talk, 
uh, self-care, all Dude. these things that a lot of people don't have access to. And it like, if you don't do it, it is actually, it feels goofy at first, but it helps so much. Oh my God, it does. Dude, just go to a fucking sound bath. Like it's <laughs> great, man. Just go fucking. Let them bell, like just give dude, yourself just an hour. Let, let them play the chimes bang a gong you. over your yeah. forehead for like 30 minutes. Yeah. You're just going to come out feeling some type of wonderful. Yeah, but and it is this ancient wisdom where it's like, um, you know, a lot of things uh, promise to give us enlightenment or, you know, advertisements tell you buy this product to make your life better. Or movies tell us that if you find your one true love, like, you're all set. And there's, like, this kind of um, wisdom that goes back thousands of years to um, when we were kind of living truer lives that were more connected and stuff. And, like, um, using those kind of – those methods and seeking out out truth – and things like that instead of just, uh, I don't know, passing and joining. I've been thinking that's another thing me and my therapist talk about a lot is just trying to find um, a truth in yeah. like a world that feels like increasingly like untruthful. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I kind of just went on a rant there. but No, um, man. It's it's it. So <laughs> that's, I mean, that is the path. That is yeah. the path we're all on as we, as yeah. we grow and mature. And, oh, man, the road to truth can be full of lies. <laughs> yeah. You, th there's just a lot of like places where it can go into an unhealthy space or people that are selling you on this is the truth that will heal you when really it's just like, how can I get in touch? What are the tools to get in touch with my ever-changing truth? How do I, what are the tools to bring me back to the present moment and what my ever-changing truth is? How do I touch these Places And I do think you're right, man. Our generations are way more, we've normalized talking about these things. We've normalized uh, discussing your emotions, analyzing your life, zooming out, like trying to get in touch with these deeper parts of ourselves. Whereas like, man, my parents' generation, like therapy was for crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. Like discussing anything was they they weren't it wasn't normalized they weren't given the tools for it like my parents were married 31 years and never really discussed the shit going on under their relationship never really yeah. had those really tough but necessary talks and ultimately that led to them imploding and getting divorced like they never but but their generation like they didn't know they didn't have the tools man they didn't yeah like I said, like therapy was for, for, oh no, that's for like those people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Those are for people like, like problems. Yeah. And now, um, dude, now my mom like meditates and she goes to like sound baths and, like, awesome. and she's like, this shit yeah. is awesome, Dev. Yeah. I'm like, I know. I, and, she's and, like, I'm getting in touch with myself. I'm like, yeah, baby. I think one of the best things that uh, we can do in life, cause I'm, I'm deeply existential. And so I purposely took this podcast there because like, my man. I was like, I want to drive it there because like, I just find it so, me too, my guy. So interesting. Cause like, I've done so many, like, um, I've done so many podcasts and like, sometimes you just want to like spout off. Like I always want to, I always want to get on and be like, why are, why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> like, I am, I why am, are we alive? Why are we alive? Like, uh, yeah, let's talk They're about They're like, so how Sophia Vergara, yeah, huh? Must have been hard must growing been up nice, next to her. Huh? She was so hot. And I just want to be like, like, am I a, alive? <laughs> and I just want to be like, what's the soul? Why? Um, <laughs> which is why to all of this. Um, 
Gosh, where was I going with that? Uh, let's see. I have to retrace my thought because that made me laugh. Sorry, uh, bud. Yeah, because no, now you're thinking about. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, no, I think one of the. Uh, I think this is where I was going with this. I think one of the best things that uh, you can do in life. This is at least what I'm trying to do. Post, um, what one could argue was just a very intense childhood. I'm very lucky. I will say that like some child actors have had it so hard. Always had people around me who had my best interests at heart. I knew if things ever got really bad, like my parents would pull me out of it. Yeah. Um, and I knew that there were people on set looking out for me. Um, it was still a really weird place for a child to grow up. Yeah. You don't really make it through childhood and adolescence unscathed. No one. And I does. think the best thing you can do post that um, is just like work on learning yourself. Yeah. And so like my, at least for the foreseeable future, like this whole next year, my plan is just to know myself mm. and it's not like making any like rash decisions on who I am or, or what I stand for. I think most people have a, uh, innate kind of understand like the moral compass and, uh, like we are kind of like born a certain way and we are all incredibly different and what it's, what makes us really, really cool. I'm so excited by the differences between all of us. And then like just tapping into like, okay, wait, this is who I am. And now how do I just continue to be me? Um, yeah. And so that's my whole goal for Dude, the next year is just, just to be me after a childhood of not being me. Yeah. Um, Man, I love that. figure out what that is. I love yeah. that. I'm sure other people can relate, even though on the child actor side of thing, it's a really particular version of not being in touch with yourself because you're in a world of adults. So you're just learning how to be the best version for them. You're learning yeah, how to be the you, best yeah. thing for them. The, the equivalent would be like, if you at like 10 years old, got like a job as like, um, I don't know, working in an office and you put on your like little tiny kid suit and your like little kid briefcase and like, just like went into a set and then spent, <laughs> went into your office and then spent all day working around adults yes. and then just had to like become one of and them. And you're like, look, I'm an adult too. <laughs> yeah. beep, boop, beep, boop. Can yeah. I get some coffee, Bob? Beep, yeah. Beep, yeah. Oh, did you see the game last night? <laughs> Long day at the office. Can't wait for Friday. Exactly. Like, what? This isn't right. But I think in some capacity, every all of us go through this in adolescence. That is the struggle of adolescence is you're kind of looking around. A lot of us are looking around just trying to fit into some type of space. In normal childhood, you're at least doing it with other kids. We're doing it with adults. But I think it is a really important part of your 20s and life moving forward is actually pausing like being outward facing to learn who you are, like just trying to fit in and make sure you're not ruffling feathers and how do I fit in? Like you're just conditioning yourself to some other idea. You're not actually tapping into who you are. So I think it's really dope that you've started therapy yeah, and that you have this goal for a year of just tuning into yourself more. I, I feel like, I don't know, man, like my mom, for example, like I just brought up, like I feel like she said after my parents got divorced, she was like home one weekend and she was like, I think this is the first weekend I've stayed home by myself my entire life. Like, oh like I, she really had this major like awakening through this divorce of just like, I don't think I've taken time with me 
like to know me, to get to know myself, my values, who am I? Even though she always was inherently like authentic and powerful and yeah. amazing, but, but not ever taking Checking that time out. herself. And That's so, isn't that insane? I'm, I'm glad for her and you know. Oh man, it was beautiful very... to hear because it was such a painful thing, still is, but hearing that, I'm like, you know what? That's fucking invaluable, mom. Like that's that's incredible. Yeah. Um, because we need that. And I do think our generations are doing that sooner and sooner. So any listeners out there, if you have not spent any time asking yourself, who am I? What and do I want? Not non judgmentally too. Yeah. 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 Something that I'm learning. If it's you're just, a nerd, you're a nerd, man. Yeah. If you're a nerd, you're a nerd. And then also like within self-reflection, um, learning not to have an, the, like the, uh, the, the, the gaze of an, an other looking at you. So mm. that was like, as one thing my therapist told me is like, is as you start to look at who you are and what you stand for, be honest about that. Mm. Even if sometimes it's painful. Mm. And so don't just say like the answer you're supposed to say. Yeah. What like looks good on yeah. page, but yeah. uh, what you actually, well, I really care about people. Yeah. Um, I'm super selfless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like love dogs. Yeah. Just like be, you know, be honest and, uh, yeah, good and bad. Yeah. And you can have things you want to work on. You could be like, Hey, this is truthful about me. I don't love it, but like, yeah, this is something that's truthful. Um, and it's ongoing, man. There is no finish line. You're never, you're never like there, but it's good to have a practice and different tools of just being in the space of yourself, of getting to know yourself, of coming back to yourself, of being in your own values, your own wants. Yeah. And then like watching the world around you change and react mm -hmm. when you're like, you know what? I never actually wanted to do this job mm, or I never mm. actually uh, wanted to live in this city mm. or things like that. <laughs> I mean, that no, that wasn't bro. That. That's, <laughs> you guys get like, but I'm also, and uh, I, I am a, uh, I am an intense person and I'm in the process of completely changing. My, I'm like removing myself from my current life right now. Mm. I'm uh, moving out of the house I've lived for the really? past seven years. Yep. You're moving. I'm moving and I'm uh, in the process of getting rid of almost everything I own. Holy shit. Yeah, and it's all, and it's... You have a lot of things. I have a, I have a lot of things. If you want to give me your Wurlitzer, let me know. I, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a chance it might be looking for at least a, a lease. A temporary home? A temporary yeah. home. I'll foster um, that Wurlitzer. Of somebody who, who would Loves take it. care of mm -hmm. it. Um, but it's just, and it's like, my mom's like, what are you doing? Are you going through like a mental breakdown where you're just giving away all your stuff? And at least for me, that I this is a very specific me chasing me moment. Yeah. Whereas like, I know a lot of people out there probably won't connect with this. But it's like I, from a young age, I had access to money and then people telling me what I should do with that money, yeah. such as um, buy a house, fill it with things. Mm. And I'm lucky I'm not ungrateful for all of that. And it served me for many years. And then there was a point where I was like, huh, I'm young. I actually don't. Um, I got all of this because somebody told me that this is what I was supposed to do. And mm. now I'm realizing uh, I don't want to live in a house like a, like a family home and fill it with things mm. and like almost like I'm working towards being like an adult with like a white picket fence and all these things. And so I'm giving up like most of it to go. Um, and I'm lucky to do that, to go like chase kind of myself and see like, what do I look like working a wine farm somewhere for a month? Awesome. Man. Or like, 
awesome. picking up a bartending job in another city awesome, or man. I'm like doing this like beatnik style like dude I love this um, I love this for yeah. you I support it a thousand percent it's really it's um, really scary but it's just like I'm trying to uh become like fully me and because like I want like a little bit of everything it's hard to explain yeah. but it's like I don't want to um be like a consumer and be like all right cool i live in a home i buy things i shop at the grocery store yeah. blah blah blah. i'm like i just want like what if i like you know like live in a train car for a bit <laughs> <laughs> i'm probably not gonna do I'm probably, you know like what if like with, without without a plan or like a, a uh a place to rest my head uh yeah who am i the idealized beatnik version but yeah i love this and i support it because uh, the path to ourselves, like you have to try many different things. And man, turns out the like American consumer dream, you for sure doesn't have work it. for me. Yeah, you I, for sure have it. And many people have and it doesn't necessarily lead you to yourself and to peace, which is yeah. what all of us are after and to feeling connected to your life. Yeah. Um, sometimes all the things in the house actually isolate you. It actually creates fucking space. Yeah, it's like from, here's from here, bumping up here, against here's life. Here's my castle that I live in, my yes. fortress of solitude. I filled my it fortress with all, of comfort. Yeah, I filled it with all the things. Yeah, and then, uh, but you don't feel connected to it anymore. I don't, and I mm. it removes you from your community in a way. And uh, I the things that I keep coming back. I like wrote down a list of things that I'm really interested in moving forward. And I uh, love community connection, um, art, uh, storytelling, comedy, all these things. And for me, I was like looking at this house and I was like, I'm lucky to have it, but it's just the American dream of like, um, I was supposed to buy a house and fill it with kids. And yeah. I was like, that's just not me. Yeah. And especially and not right now <laughs> when I'm 24, but yeah, dude, you know, like, I just, and that's, nah. but that's again, why it's one of those reasons why it's good to check in on yourself because I think so many people have been like fed this ideal of like, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And for some people it is. Um, and I just, I got to do it at a young age and then realized like, Oh, it's, it's not for me. And so it's important to like early on check in and be like, what, 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 what do, is me? Yeah. What, what do I really want? Man, I love that. Uh, have you listened to McConaughey's book at all? Greenlight? Greenlight, no. Greenlight. Greenlight. All so, right. So I, you got I, I started book. to read it and I got disinterested. And then really what you got to do is the audiobook. <laughs> okay, cool. Because it's him. Does he read it? Yes. Oh, right so on. that changed the game. Great. Uh, it was actually while I was in Europe. My my buddy Yordi was playing from like while we were on the trains and shit. We'd like yeah. listen to the audiobook and just laugh because it's McConaughey like telling these great fucking stories and it's yeah, him. being and himself. And he's so funny, dude. Yeah. Greenlight. Does he say that a lot? He does. Okay, cool. He does. He says, green light. Um, but uh, this story that stuck with me, and it's like many stories, but it's like this phase of his life when he first hit major fame, which was in his 20s, um, he started to feel some type of untethered from himself. And what he did was he moved into an RV and with his dog just traveled the country in an RV, had two P.O. boxes that he could check in with. He would take like meetings, like he was majorly famous at the time yeah. and would take meetings with directors like on the road. They'd like fly. There's stories of like directors flying in and meeting him and driving with him from like this city to this city so that they could meet with him. Granted, he was at a level where he could do that. Yeah. But 
I love this. Like this lets me know what he was, what was important to him. He was yeah. searching for the thing you're searching for. Yeah. Yourself. And to, to, to get to yourself, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You have to bump up against life. You have to go try things. You have to go get into the world and you got to like touch it and connect with it and be with it. So, yeah. um, so when you find yourself, uh, on that train, listen to McConaughey. All right. Maybe maybe you'll revisit this in a year. I'll be like, guys, I found me. <laughs> he was within me the whole time. I am the treasure I was seeking. I don't know. It, it, it's what it ends up being, <laughs> yes. but the journey is how you get there. So yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. Nolan, man, so great uh, diving in with you and yeah. talking about existential things. Thanks, and, for, uh, thanks for delving my mind with me. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a scary place. No, it's fun, man. You think... <laughs> I got some years on you, boy. You oh, think I don't know these places? Yeah, I can't wait to go off off camera. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to delve into yours. Exactly. We're going out this weekend, though. Um, yes, let's do it. Sorry um, to your therapist, but you're coming out with yeah, me this you weekend. Know, he'll, he'll understand. <laughs> okay. I'll, send, I'll send him this podcast. Um, I do want to ask if you had, if you have one tip for a listener at home who feels like they don't know themselves but want to. What would you say? Oh, hold on. The army is flying over us. Yeah, that's because I'm about to give the secret of life. And they <laughs> yeah, they're like, boo, 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 boo. like, call the drone strike. Uh, he's about to bust the whole system. Uh, tell them to be consumers. Tell them to be <laughs> cons- consume all the things. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're getting the pause. Okay, it, cool. It's so deep. We It has yeah. to be picking it up. It's Sweet. fine. Well, we you can, can also just cue me again with the question or something. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, we'll cut it. Do you want me to ask the question again or we could leave it? I don't care. Sure. Hey, in case we edit around that or if we keep it because it's weird and funny. (laughs) um, Hey, Nolan, you have one tip for a listener maybe who's out there who's like, you know, they're, they're in their early 20s like you and they're going or maybe not. Maybe they're any age and they're going, man, I am. I don't know myself. I'm disconnected from myself and I would like to start that path. Okay. This is, um, so this is only going to like apply to people who have this same problem. But for me, when I was like not knowing myself and knowing how to react in certain situations, um, or how I felt about like, let's say the way people were treating me or what was going on in my friend group, I started the first place I did. And I still struggle to do it is to check in with my body. Mm. Uh, because like, our body has this really genius kind of brain that works without us being aware, like our sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system that um, reacts before our brain can kind of process information. And so I learned to start being like, Hey, okay, I'm up late night thinking about, let's say this thing that my girlfriend said to me. And I was like, and my stomach is churning and I can't sleep and my heart is racing. Like what's going on? And I like through that was able to like realize like, oh, wait a second. I think I have anxiety because of like something that she said to me or like, I think I'm upset about this. And so that's how like far removed I was from knowing myself. And I started to like kind of check back in with like in certain moments where I was like, wait a second, like my heart's beating really fast or like I'm sweating or like. I, I've got a feeling in my gut that I shouldn't trust this person. Mm. And like, we always like hear that, like, oh, I got that gut feeling mm. or like, I don't know, like 
They give me like the ick. Things like that is what we're saying is like my body is giving me warning signs or telling me how to react. And like you learn to shut off your instincts about people because people are like, nah, like they're fine. And I would say like checking in with your body is a really good habit and a really good uh, process for like learning how to like know yourself. It's like your body sometimes knows you better and what you should do than like your you do, your brain. Your awareness, yeah. Yeah, than your your ego and your super ego. So yeah. like check in, uh, don't be afraid to check in with your body and like listen to it and uh, drink that water. <laughs> and get I, some sleep. <laughs> I love that so much. I'm going to tack on real quick before we end. Hey, listener, viewer out there, if when you leave a person in your life and consistently when you leave, you check in with yourself and you're fucking exhausted and feel drained, maybe revisit that relationship and how important it actually is to you. And maybe you need to either draw boundaries in that relationship to make that feeling go away, or maybe you just need to get the fuck out of there. This is something we all do throughout life. And man, it takes a while to learn and just actually check in. Am I exhausted every time I talk to this person? Am I drained every time I leave this person's house? Uh, Do I feel like spun out and like I can't think every time I leave this person? Hey, maybe that's not a great friend. Maybe that's an energy vampire. Well, hey, I just checked in with myself. And um, this podcast, man, I don't, I've got nothing left to give. You've sucked it all out of me. So um, goodbye. Well, that's it. Thanks for coming, Nolan. Bye. Bye. That's funny. Perfect finish. Thanks for listening to that Onomi podcast. Onomi is like Ned's Declassified for adulthood. Visit onomi.co for free lessons on personal finance, career readiness, personal development, and more, all taught by expert influencers and creators. We've got everything you wish you learned in school so you can thrive in adulthood. That's onomi.co. See you there.